0: Hello, my name is Ed Vincent. If you're an upcoming artist, you should check out Go Produce.
1: Smartest. We've got Ed Vincent. He's an entrepreneur with over 25 years of business, technology, and management experience. He founded an e-commerce business in 1999, which he then sold to a competitor in 2001. And he is a repeat founder, which includes companies called Simply Engage, My Producer, and Predict Ventures. Ed's passion for festivals and the interpersonal connectivity fostered at festivals led him to actually found a company called Festival Pass, which we'll talk about a little bit more. This is the world's first festival and lives event subscription marketplace, providing access to thousands, thousands of experiences around the globe, including music, including film, food and wine, arts, sports, theater, lifestyle, and tech and innovation experiences. Smartest, this is Ed Vincent. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Mr. Ed. Thank you for your patience. We are now going to make the most of your time and uh, go produce with our first segment. All right. All right. So our first segment is called The Basics. The basics. <laughs> all right. OK, Ed, I'd like to start off this conversation by asking you, why did you choose integrating into the music space? I know you weren't fully the music industry, but why, why did you venture here?
0: yeah so I look at it as uh, entertainment in general and live events being across uh, not only music but um, as you mentioned in the intro sports theater uh, any anything related to the arts um, so if i if I can back up from you know the basics um being an entrepreneur uh, i've always i've always loved live events and uh one company i did have in most of the 2000s from about 2002 after i sold the first company till about 2008 was called it was an agency that had about 70 people and we brought uh brands to big experiences it was an experiential marketing company so um we helped launch a bunch of film festivals we'd bring Big brands, to big concerts, and it was a ton of fun. It was uh, it was the time where I kind of realized that live events are really special. They're a unique time and place, uh, and obviously music is a big part of that. Um, we even owned a film festival down in the Dominican Republic, which was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, and. From that point in time, I always knew I loved live events. Uh, actually, even before that, I used to throw New Year's parties in New York City back in uh, my – right out of college. But uh, but outside of that, loved all that um, and always knew I wanted to get back to something tech-related in the live event space.
1: Was there was – there, so because you were familiar with, I guess, events, at least since university, college time, um, was there a moment – in time where you decided this is this is for me i need to pursue this more or you just kind of like i'm doing it kind of thing
0: yeah i mean at the end of the day entrepreneurialism is is my thing like i I always knew from the moment i started my first company that I, i would never work for anybody else again um and uh i i always realized that if you're going to do any kind of business, you should do one you're passionate about, because um, at the end of the day, on a daily basis, you're still doing all the same tasks, right? You're still, you're still driving the operational side of the business, you're still hiring, you're still doing marketing, you're still doing finance, you're still, uh, you know, managing the core concept of the business. So for me, I'd rather sell things that I'm passionate about um, than,
1: you know, widgets. Than not. Right, exactly. Makes sense. Um, um, in your, in your career towards coming towards Festival Pass, you've obviously have a lot of different kinds of experiences. I'm curious, just for fun, what is your most memorable festival experience? The diversity is pretty cool absolutely um with all of your experience what would you change in the music industry if anything
0: well we are kind of uh doing that right now so uh you know so the one thing i've always felt uh without there's a place for every uh, every company within the ecosystem and i've always felt ticketing in general has been um kind of a a, a non-innovated on experience for the last few decades it's um very transactional um, and a lot of consumers get very frustrated on the lack of transparency in the fees and the pricing. Um, so one of the things that, you know, we're building with Festival Pass, which uh, I think is is just a win-win for everybody, is, um, you know, we we don't charge fees. So sometimes people go in and buy a ticket, and before they, when they check out, it's 20%, 30% more than, than it said when they originally tried to buy it. So we're, we want to remove any of that lack of transparency. So when you're a subscriber to Festival Pass, you never pay a ticketing fee, and you're always going to be paying less than you would anywhere else. Um, and it's, it's actually a pretty simple concept when, when you think about it from a business model standpoint is we're going to give away some of our margin to our to our members right um, uh, you know they'll they'll pay less um, but in the the only ask in so doing of them paying less is they're committing to a monthly subscription and by doing so it helps our company build recurring revenue and when we have recurring revenue the, our multiples of our company are higher so we can have a, a uh just as valuable business with lower margins and higher multiples that means exactly. it's a win 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 is you know the customer gets things cheaper and feels part of a community um you know we're giving back to the community overall and it allows us to still maintain you know a business
1: profits right yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, that's a, a very well thought out model. I did a little bit of research on that. We will dive a little bit further into that in What's your Take. But before we go to What's your Take, we've got another segment, which is quite fun. This is uh, to get your adrenaline going. And okay. we call it, <laughs> we call this round, the speed round. Perfect. The it's the speed round. Speed
0: it's the speed round,
1: round. round. The speed round itself, I've got 20 different questions for you, and you have less than three seconds to answer each. Um, If we hit that three-second mark, you're going to hear a buzzer that sounds like this. Yeah. Perfect. And then uh, we can justify them afterwards if we need. All right? Perfect. All right. What is your favorite activity to do?
0: Hang out with my kids.
1: Has the poem called If by Rude Yard Kipling guided you since you were 15?
0: That is true.
1: What is your favorite meal?
0: Um, uh, chicken.
1: Dead or alive, who would you like to have dinner with?
0: Rudyard Kipling.
1: What is Festival Pass's tagline? Live life live. Is water wet? Yes. Make the first sound that comes to your mind. Woohoo! <laughs> How big of a market is the event space?
0: 200 billion.
1: Jeez! If movies to watch, then Netflix is too.
0: I didn't hear that. Movies to. <laughs>
1: If movie is to watch, then Netflix is too? Enjoy. Do you have any nicknames, Ed? Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed. You originally got into business by selling papers. Is this true? Uh, yes. Way back. Is this the best interview you've ever had so far, minus technical difficulties? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes! Um, do you prefer adventure or leisure? Adventure. What is the name of the Festival Pass podcast?
0: Festival Pass Stories.
1: With Pat Tully. Nice. Who's an artist that you currently find the most exciting?
0: Uh, Leon Bridges.
1: Oh, cool. The next round is on me. What are you having? Say again? <laughs> the next round is on me. What are you having?
0: Oh, oh, uh, uh, Negroni.
1: We had to reschedule this interview because you were flying.
0: Yes. To, uh, yes. From, from New York to Texas.
1: Gee, who's your all around favorite person in the world?
0: My favorite person in the world? Yes. It's a combination of my three girls, my three daughters.
1: Awesome. What's your favorite city? Still New York. And can you imagine a world without music? No, impossible. Not worth it. Mm -mm. See you later. Count me out. (laughs) (laughs) We made it through this round and thank you for participating. All right. That was 20. That was twenty twenty. It went by quite quick. Um, are any of those questions worth justifying? No, I
0: think it was, it was all straight up. I, uh, Straightforward. You know, it's, it's, I, I like the uh, the way you went with it because it's always hard, you know. Even favorite food. I mean, I mean, chicken is my favorite food, but uh, is one of my favorite foods. But <laughs> I can live without it. It's
1: not, not my diet. Of course, diet. but then, if, but but like chicken is chicken is great, and you can prepare it so many different ways too. You know.
0: Yeah. I agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could live without it. I do have one question that I'd like to uh, um, um, specify on. What lesson did you learn from selling papers way back when that you still apply today?
0: Yeah. I mean, work ethic in general. Um, I just I just really enjoyed um, uh, the satisfaction of uh, making money that I could control myself, meaning that I could make choices with. Um, so it's almost as simple as the the journey itself is as gratifying as what comes out of it. Um, So it goes back to people that inherit money or kind of going through a process. If you, if, if you're not the one making it, it just doesn't feel as good.
1: It's different. It's entirely different. Yeah. And, and, and one thing that I've noticed as well, that you kind of mentioned earlier is you stopped wanting to work for other individuals. Um, But being an entrepreneur, you're not necessarily working for individuals. I suppose you're working for your team if you look at it that way, but also you're working with individuals and that's, that's what the key difference is, and that's what excites me most. Working for someone is like, ah, almost, you know. But working with sure. someone, you do things together. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. And uh, you know, you've probably heard all that whole servant servant leader model, where at the end of the day, you know, I am working for my team, and I, and I like that. And my job is, you know, obviously to create a vision, inspire, get get my hands dirty with them, uh, and that's all exciting.
1: It's very exciting. Um, the last one I want to verify is I thought this was kind of cool. Uh, it's, it's not so music related, but can you, can you, can you share a little bit about the poem if, and how that shaped the rest of the way you lived?
0: Yeah. I mean, that go, it goes on forever. It's re- it's really, uh, you know, if you hold your head about you when all around you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. Uh, if you can look at triumph and disaster and treat the two imposters just the same, you just think of that line right there, then and there. And um, it, it every single thing in life it teaches you that hey if you are successful don't be too full of yourself because you just don't know what created that success if you're if you fail in something don't get down on yourself because the reality is is there's other circumstances that could be there um, you know there's a line that says if you can walk with kings and keep your common touch um, and the idea being that if you can be around uh, people that have succeeded or have elevated, but never think that you're any better than anybody else. Um, you know, I, I can go on and on and, you know, part of it is just this simple concept to be grateful in life, um, be level-headed and, um, you know, never, um, never get down on yourself and always believe in yourself, regardless of what other people say.
1: It's definitely, uh, definitely easier said than done, but it's a beautiful message. And, and, and if people can actually apply to their lives, even in the music world like outside of music but also as individual artists especially as entrepreneurs you're going you're going to need to like adapt that mentality to do well
0: well every um, every artist is an entrepreneur
1: absolutely that's the common thing that we talk about here artists are entrepreneurs yes uh, that's the speed round ed okay okay i'm going to test my luck i'm going to see if what's your take transition is working what's your take? That's the transition all right in what's your take ed we've got uh back to open discussion no more three second rule um although we didn't get any buzzers which is cool uh (laughs) we are looking ultimately for your wisdom and i created a little bit of a theme for this episode which i'll share with you now uh oh festival pass your mentality a festival is an experience that is created with the user in mind that is correct so Let's let's talk a little bit about that. You told us briefly what Festival Pass is. I mentioned also that it is uh, the world's largest. What was it here? Yeah. How about how about you just how about you just um tell us a little bit why Festival Pass was created. Sure. So
0: so a lot of it does ha- go down to the context of my past experiences, right? So um, everything I've done to date kind of lays into why the business model for Festival Pass. Um, So, you know, the idea is that I spent, uh, I built, the first company I built was an e-commerce company. So the idea that you can transact online, and the reason we even built that company was when I was mentioning we were throwing New Year's parties back in the day in 1999, 1998, Um, you know, it was this epiphany that instead of running around New York City collecting 20, 40 bucks from everybody in cash to go to the party, we're like, hey, we can... Can just actually throw up uh, this little thing on the internet, and uh, and they could buy their ticket on the internet. And I was like, wow, okay, that's pretty pretty interesting. And it saved us a bunch of time. It was super easy. Um, I guess you know when I say super easy, it was a little different back then. It would take 20, 20 seconds for the transaction to go through. Um, but uh, and then jumping into the company that we had after that the the experiential marketing company, it was now I now I knew how to actually run a festival. I knew how actually what what the what is involved, what is the business model, what part part of the model is tickets, part of a sponsorship, um, and then part is, you know, the the actual operational expenses that exist while you're there. Uh and then even fast forward, the next company I had was a SaaS based business. And I'm like, okay, so that's basically a subscription based business. Uh and then um my Previous business to Festival Pass was a data consultancy in the um, entertainment space. So we had, uh, we had clients that were a lot of big television networks in Canada. You guys probably know Chorus Entertainment. We helped mm-hmm. them. We helped them build their uh, their entire kind of data infrastructure in order to understand their consumer behavior. A uh, and E networks, AMC networks. Um, so we were doing a lot in the space of understanding consumer data and entertainment, uh, as well as film studios and. Some people might've heard of a company called MoviePass, uh, at least south of the border. Um, And I I spent a little time as a contractor, as their um, de facto chief data officer, really digging into the three and a half million subscribers they had and trying to understand what that data meant. So put that all together, um, I knew I wanted to get back into the live event space. I knew there was a better subscription model than existed. uh, And I've seen many companies kind of fail in understanding the best way to do subscription. Uh, and then there were a couple companies that were doing it right, um, so we borrowed some of the financial model of of a, of a company out there um, i don 't know if you've heard of Classpass at all if you guys have Classpass in Canada um, not. just recently sold for a billion dollars, so they did it right uh, um, but anyway so the the point the point i 'm getting at is all of these pieces were related to um, me. Uh, at least being the right person at the right time to build this company. Uh, And then when I realized the market is such a big market globally being $200 billion. um, And also seeing that, you know, there's primary ticketing companies and then there's some marketplaces out there, but everybody uh, has this lack of transparency in the way they price their tickets in way in the way they charge massive fees. And I just, I just knew that, um, this, this model is what is the future. It really is, uh, in the Gen Z kind of a millennial space. Um, the, the type of social features we're building into the product and the community we're building. I just think, uh, once we, you know, get to the, uh, size at scale, um, everybody's going to be really happy.
1: I'm curious to know, is there something else that makes Festival Pass unique or the experience that they provide you provide? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, what's exciting
0: is that it's, we're, we have a lot of stuff on the roadmap as well as a lot of stuff built that we just haven't uh, launched yet, um, but will be coming very soon. Um, so, a couple of those we, you, you mentioned thousands. We have about 80,000 events on the platform now. Um, so, any any concert you can think of that might be in a decent sized arena, you'll see on there. Um, most of the bigger music festivals were continuously, um, you know, looking to do deals with some of the smaller ones just so everybody can be on board. Um, you know, every major league, um, football game, baseball game, soccer game, you can possibly imagine is on there, Broadway theater. Um, so, so there's a lot of stuff on there. Um, additionally, um, we have over 600,000 hotel room nights on there. So, uh, anybody that wants to book a hotel room instead of going to a traditional online, um, travel website, you can come to Festival Pass. And if you're a subscriber, you end up paying 20, 30% less than you would anywhere else.
1: Damn. Okay. Okay. That's,
0: that's just the beginning. The, the, the really cool things that I get excited about are all the fun social features. So we have a native mobile app that right. we're gonna go live with very soon. And you know, uh, discovering events is gonna be like scrolling through a TikTok slide. Um, just the ability to swipe up, and because we're data driven, we're just going to get better and better at you know we'll know Big Lou uh, the the hundred events you're going to see as you swipe up through your TikTok like experience on Festival Pass are going to be ones that are targeted towards you specifically.
1: Right, right. Shoot. Okay, that's brilliant. Um, and then you can also something that I've seen was outside of the TikTok experience. If I click attending, my friends can see that I'm attending this or I can share this kind of information. So it's like a group effort kind of thing. It's yeah. Yeah.
0: So we're, we're, um, we're, pr- we're pretty close. I'm going live with that. So part of it is allowing people to engage by connecting their social, um, social accounts as well as um, connecting within the platform itself. So yes. Um, if you're looking at an event, you know, call it whatever band you like, uh, uh, you know, pick one, are you are going to see a show in Toronto or, or, London or wh- whatever you're doing, Wherever, yeah. and all, all of a sudden you'll see, hey, thirty of my other friends are already going to the show because they've already um, popped up on there as purchasing a ticket.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, and then can we can we dig into the subscription model a little bit more? You get uh, you pay. You, well, it's free to sign up, and then if you're signing up for the subscription, you pay an amount. Um, what? comes with this amount other than cheaper prices?
0: Yeah, so the way it works is uh, we have three tiers today. We have a $19, $49, and $99 a month tier. And for each one, you get credits. Um, so you get a certain amount of credits for each tier. So the higher plan you commit to, the less you pay per credit. So for example, um, I'm trying to remember exactly, but if you commit to a $19 a month t- a tier, you're paying about a $1.27 per credit. And if you commit to a $99 uh, a month tier, you're paying about a dollar ten per credit. So think about the spread there. It's about a 15% spread. So that means the people that have committed to $99 a month are going to be paying about 15% less to acquire tickets to events when they go.
1: Which, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, makes sense. If you're going to lots of events, may as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, I was going to say all levels never pay a ticketing fee and they're all going to be cheaper than anywhere else. But you just get that much more value if you get a higher tier.
1: And what happens per month if you don't use all your credits? They got a rollover system? Yep.
0: Yep, they roll over. So we look at it because this is a credit-based currency in that capacity. Um, we're not in the the model like like the gym model where there's breakage or you, you use it or lose it kind of thing. Um, we think of it as a bank account. Like, so if I'm going to go to live events, sign up, use my credits, have them roll over. And if I didn't happen to go to more than one event this month or a couple um, – you know it rolls over to the next month and in a couple months maybe i have a few hundred credits and now i want to go to a festival and a festival might be a couple hundred credits so now i've effectively saved up and i've done so in, in a way where i now have i've paid less for it and when i get that ticket it's you know going to be 20 30 less than i would get anywhere else
1: entirely off of the credits and so different events i'm assuming will cost different amounts of credits yeah,
0: you can you can pay, you know, eight credits for a local band at a local venue or three hundred credits to go to a big music festival.
1: That's awesome. And so have you struck up the deals with the different venues and then the venues still are responsible for paying the artists or the artists are completely removed from this?
0: Yeah, so so there's a couple things. So uh, in terms of the tickets, we have relationships with many, many different folks. Some are ticket aggregators, some are the venues themselves, some are rights holders of those tickets, some are um, some of the secondary markets where something might be sold out, but we can still access the ticket and not charge you a big fee. Um, so, So that's we have a bunch of sources, how we aggregate all 80,000 tickets. Um, now on the artist. So yes, uh, any artist engaging with a venue or promoter um, that, that doesn't have anything to do with us. However, um, we will be, building a, a pretty unique artist program, both for young artists as well as for, um, large artists. Um, and what, what we're doing is, um, we have this thing we're using the word badges, but they're not really badges. It's just kind of like in the game, in the gaming world, um, the idea that mm-hmm. you get something and then you get value out of that something. So we're going to allow people to, um, Uh, even purchase a badge, um, and we'll figure out pricing depending upon the artist, but let's say um, X artist, and uh, I've now partnered with Festival Pass, and um, our members are paying $49 a month for their X amount of credits, and for an extra $5 a month, they can buy this badge, and this badge gets them special access to that artist, maybe a meet and greet if they go to the show, maybe access to tickets a little earlier, but uh, it allows them kind of a really unique aspect for a specific artist they like or even specific venues. They might, You might live near a specific venue and you're like, I go to this place, you know, three times a month, four times a month. Uh, I want special things from that venue. They might get by for five bucks a month. They might get a badge that says, hey, for this venue, you're always getting cheaper tickets or you're getting first access to tickets or you're getting a VIP section or whatever it is. Well, The benefits will be related to either the artist or the venue
1: that's huge it builds a sense of loyalty and like trust almost and familiarity um Sorry, I feel like you're going to say
0: something. Yeah, I was just going to say, and those badges can, uh, w- what we love about the concept is it, it's applied in so many different spaces. So it's for the artists, it's for the venue. Um, we also have different uh, affinity things. So what if you go to, you went to University of Toronto or something like that, and you're part of the Alumni Association and you're proud of it. So I'm not sure if University of Toronto has sports, but, uh, but uh, if there's a football team or a soccer team or whatever it is, and you want tickets to those games, um, you know, Here in Texas, UT is huge for basketball and football. So people might say, hey, I, I'm an alumni of UT. Uh, I get the UT badge for X amount of dollars extra per month. Uh, and then when people see me on the platform, I have a little, little tag sh- saying a UT tag. So I'm telling everybody else that sees me that I'm a fan or I'm an alumni and I get special access to things. Um, and I think over time, it, I don't know how into the NFT or crypto space you are, but we see a lot of opportunity to partner with artists to kind of release uh, or mint NFTs through our platform uh, and oh, enable exactly. enable the consumer to actually use that um, NFT as part of their badge.
1: Yeah, yeah, we are quite familiar with NFTs. It's that's Interesting. I didn't, I didn't even realize that that was a, a, an option for what you were doing, the kind of work that you're doing. So that's super intriguing and uh, interesting for the artists down the road as well. You know, you know, a lot of data and you studied it clearly. You use this data to build your community. How do you think artists can apply this kind of knowledge to build their online communities?
0: yeah i mean in in uh in kind of what i was mentioning earlier is um when artists come and partner with us um you know what we're doing is we're aggregating data across many different places so um and that's why marketplaces are pretty fun and pretty interesting is traditionally um whether you're an artist directly engaging with the consumer or you're a um a specific music only kind of website let's say um you, you often don't understand the collection of interests that exist elsewhere. So let's say I'm a, yeah. you know, a funk artist or a rock and roll artist and um, somebody that comes to the site, um, we might introduce you as the artist to somebody because we know this person um, often goes to soccer games, uh, loves, um, you know, loves wine over beer, and because of it, they're gonna like you as an artist. I'm just using random examples. But, uh, but but maybe we understand that because we've looked at thousands of people that look like this person and, and they seem to be demographically and behaviorally uh, interesting to you. So now all of a sudden the artist has is being introduced to somebody that they would never have access to because that person wouldn't seek that artist out.
1: That's awesome, that's awesome. Okay, and then outside of Festival Pass, before you had that kind of history, how did you start building a community around you to, like, allow you to do these kinds of things? And then we can focus on how an artist can do that especially as well for their career.
0: Sure. So if, if you're referring to some, some of the uh, community that gets built around entrepreneurship, um, there, there's a lot of it. Um, You know, I've been part of a a group called Entrepreneurs Organization for over 14 years um, in New York, and then there's a chapter here in Austin. Um, So it's a global organization. So for me, like I always have this community that that people that that I'm similar to, I always say entrepreneurship is a little bit of a disease, um, but everybody else that I hang out with is, is inflicted by the same disease. So it builds a community. (laughs) Um, so that's helped. And, and, you know, even just coming to Austin, not knowing anybody, I immediately had 200 people that are in Austin that are entrepreneurs that I immediately connected with. Um, and what I find, especially here is Austin is such a music, music town. So it's fascinating that, uh, you know, any and everybody I connect with here, doesn't matter what their job is, they love live music. So you could, you, could be, you could be in an Uber and the guy's like, yeah, I just went to a show last night, the driver of the Uber. Or you could be, you know, call, call up your accountant and they're like, oh, yeah, I just went to three shows last week. So it's just it's amazing to see people come to Austin because they love live music. So that, that's a community in itself. And, uh, you know, same goes for the film community and all this other stuff.
1: Right, right. There are there are hubs. Interesting. Okay, so one way to go about it, if you're an upcoming artist or an artist or a music enthusiast, go to where people like this kind of stuff. That's huge. And then uh, also, I mean, like, if you can't afford to get to these places immediately, start networking online with people that are in these places, and then you can build that community, right? Totally, More and global. especially
0: especially somewhere here like Austin, there's so much support. Like there's there's a there's a whole organization that provides health insurance for musicians because they want to help musicians continue to do what they do. Um, you know, so a lot of people will take a job just for health insurance uh, and give up on their dream because you know maybe waiting tables doesn't provide health insurance. Whether doing gigs at night um but there's organizations that help there's organizations that help that it's called ham here in in Austin but I love it Uh I I love when you have these places that support uh the communities I'm sure there's a lot of the same stuff going on in Nashville
1: yeah yeah that's wild I've never even heard of of a of an insurance policy geared directly for creatives that's I need to I need to do a little bit more research and maybe get them on out here cool cool So we spoke a lot about your history, festival pass, the kind of work that you're doing. But now I want to break down the actual performance of artists. You obviously spend a lot of time organizing and and building festivals, but obviously being there as well. So when you're taking in performances, what to you makes an amazing performance? Yeah.
0: I mean, again, it's all time, place, uh, energy. um, uh, Like I love the the juxtaposition of, you know, just two two days ago, I'm trying to remember what day it is just on Saturday night, there's formula one going on here in Austin. And uh, you probably heard of Billy Joel, right? he's he's an artist that, and I was shocked, uh, an international audience from all over the globe. Um, there there's, you know, Billy Joel's playing to 50,000 people on a big open field. Um, and to me, that's just like the energy that happens. And the fact that 50,000 people from all over, you know, hundreds of different countries that come in for formula one and they're all singing Billy Joel songs. I'm like, wow, that's, that's powerful. And then on the flip side, um, you know, uh, I belong to just a social club here in Austin and um, they do a lot with bringing in really cool artists that uh, either are curated by someone called black fret, or they just bring in some other cool artists. And uh, about a month ago, um, there's a, there's a guy named Jordan Matthew young who was on the voice and he's, he's really just like a great, uh, slide guitarist and soul singer. And, you know, we, we, he, w- he was up on, it wasn't even stage, up, up in a seat, a couch um, or a stool, I should say, just playing for 20 of us. And it was just like, you know, that kind of experience is just awesome. So, you know, it's, for me, it's the juxtaposition of amazing humans and amazing artists, whether it's, you know, in an intimate room of 20 or a uh, an intimate room of 50,000.
1: Intimate is the key word there here. Like going from 20 to 50,000 is completely different, but at the same time, from the artist's perspective, they have to bring their 100%, regardless of if it's 20 people or if it's 50,000 people. Do you find that there's a way that successful artists are able to train themselves to do this?
0: Oh, I think so. I think if, I think every artist that goes out and performs does it because it fills their soul. Like, uh, even, even having coffee yesterday at a local joint called Mozart's, uh, there's, you know, uh, a non-famous, you know, singer playing, a uh, acoustic guitar and just cranking it out, you know, for 30 people drinking coffee and just, just the passion coming out of his voice, just sitting there, um, you know, no, I know that he loves what he does. So the idea that what you do the same thing, whether there's 30 or 50,000, so you gotta, you gotta bring it every time.
1: Every single time. It's the individual experience that makes up the collective. Um, that's cool. That's cool. We briefly touched on what the future of music events could kind of look like. But you know I got to ask again. Um, it's not just going to be virtual. It's not just going to be live events. But what is it going to be?
0: The one thing that I truly believe is cool is because of the pandemic, so many small venues that never invested in streaming technology were able to get it pretty cheap because so many companies came out and started building it. So now, you know, I doubt there's a music venue in North America that doesn't have a couple cameras set up now that could just stream at will. And what I like about that is now the infrastructure set up. And it could create a lot of great opportunities. We don't have it ready yet today, but I would love on Festival Pass for people to come in and, you know, go uh, watch a band in New York City that they love, you know, down on the Lower East Side, stream it for a half hour, um, pay five credits, you know, something that just adds value to the artist, adds value to the venue, and then flip over to LA and check out the Viper Room and, you know, maybe catch, uh, you know, another band, you know, wherever, if they happen to be playing in Oklahoma, but it's my favorite band and now I can see them in Oklahoma for 30 minutes. And all of a sudden now I had a two hour night, had a beer with my buddies and I got to see some of my favorite bands in the moment live in, in unique locations. So I think that could be a new way of streaming as opposed to it being this highly produced, you know, event that shows up on ABC.
1: For someone following in your footsteps, I know you've got like, this kind of story, but generally an entrepreneur, um, what would you, what would you suggest someone earlier on in your, in their stage?
0: Sure. So, I mean, uh, don't be afraid, have patience, uh, seek out mentors, find organizations. It's the same in any kind of thing, uh, artist or entrepreneur, find community. Um, Cause once you find community, everybody supports you. Um, don't be afraid to ask for something. You know, it's uh, it's amazing that you don't get what you don't ask for.
1: It's the asking. Yeah. Asking is huge. Um, you said, find mentors and people around you. Who were the first couple of people that you confided in to like begin growing?
0: Yeah. I mean, it it all depends on the time, time and phase of life, but, uh, you know, many, many, many years ago, my first internet company, you know there's a gentleman who became an investor um older gentleman but uh was like uh it was like a second father so he was just very um uh calming and uh provided a lot of great feedback um he was uh you know more on the money manager side but but uh invested in a ton of uh early early stage companies and was able to give me some um <clears throat> some Guidance wisdom. along the way. Yeah. yeah. Wisdom guidance along the way. Um, and then honestly, just being part of this entrepreneur community, um, yeah. allowed me to seek out a ton of people that had built and sold businesses that had, um, been in my industry or been in a totally different industry. And, uh, even that peer, that peer mentorship is amazing. I, to this day, uh, I'm part of a forum of eight people and the same eight people for the last 14 years, we get together every month. We go on retreats. Damn. Actually, I'm actually going to the Dominican Republic next week with them. Um, And we learn every time and we share some of our challenges and, you know, it's just amazing to have that peer, peer group.
1: Very, very critical. Okay. Um, Say, say I'm early on in my career and I don't necessarily have this peer group established, but I, I have an idea and I think I have a great idea. Would you recommend me going out there and just like trying my best to figure out this idea or should I, Find some support, learn from them, maybe take on an inters- internship, and then begin to flourish. At my idea, yeah,
0: I mean, I think today there's so many places to gain that um, community. So um, you know, in almost every major city in the U.S., and I'm sure the same goes in Toronto and elsewhere in Canada. Is there are startup communities, right? So if you have an idea, there, you know. Here in Austin alone, there's probably 20 events this week just on going out and hanging out with other entrepreneurs, investors, uh, people that are just part of the community. Um, so, so the answer is it is there um, to seek out. Uh, and the beauty of the internet is you just Google it and find it. So I would highly recommend just going and hanging out with others that are like-minded. Um, and along the way, it's it's like the sliding doors concept is you meet one person who then introduces you to the next, who introduces you to the next, and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, and even even for us in Festival Pass, it's a great example. I moved to Austin again, not knowing that many people, um, and just shared some thoughts and ideas with. One CEO of a large film company here um, who said, I love what you're doing. You have to meet this person. And then this person was the co-founder of HomeAway who sold this company for $4 billion. And he's like, oh, great. I love it. I'm going to invest and you got to meet this person. And then before you know it, it's just, it just, everybody builds a community around you. And then now everybody wants to see you succeed.
1: You can start with Zero. People have to realize that you can start with zero. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to have past experience. You just got to start doing something, meet that one person, bring value to that one person, and then continue to grow from there. That's super awesome. Thank you for sharing that. All right. We are near the end. We got one quick final segment. This one is called Clear the Air.
0: Clear the air. Stop recording. Cut. Cut.
1: Um we do have Smartest one person he one of our listeners sent us a question. So I'm gonna play that for you and then the final question is from the Grumpy Sound Guy. So here we go. Hey Ed, my name's Nuno and I just had a quick question for you. Do you think it would be wise for producers and artists alike to use a, some sort of subscription based model to create revenue for themselves? And if so, what would be the best way to do this? Thanks, man. Cheers. Yes. Yes. So um and
0: that that that's a perfect dovetail into what I was mentioning earlier is when we talk about these, um, badges, effectively what we're doing is we're creating a subscription fan club effectively for the artist. Um, so the answer is, is the answer is yes. Um, obviously I'm a little subjective in my opinion on to do it with a platform that's already building an audience. So for example, you know, if, an artist partners with Festival Pass, and we collectively decide we'll charge the customer five or ten dollars a month to participate. And the artist is the one that has to provide those benefits back to them, whether that's in a meet and greet, whether that's getting on a you know a, a Zoom-like call once a month to their, the people in this group. Um, the artist is going to get the lion's share of that revenue. Um, so if we're charging $10, the artist will probably get, you know, seven or eight of those dollars and we'll just take a little bit to operate the business. Um, but absolutely. Um, I think, uh, consumers are willing to, uh, vote with a monthly subscription, uh, in order to get some kind of benefit and that benefit could just be access.
1: Literally, literally just access. That's awesome. Okay. So that's kind of, similar-ish approach to what Patreon can be, but also very different because you're taking all of those kinds of different uh, 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 tiers out of the way and just doing it through Festival Pass.
0: Yeah, and and part of it too is because we have all of the other aspects of it. We have the tickets, we uh, have the ability to create the audience discovery. Um, So it's a little less than, you know, them building a subscription social, um, you know, path it's uh yeah. it's you know that's more like
1: the only fans kind of world yeah um, and that's a whole business in itself like you gotta yeah build that out cool awesome well big shout out to Nuno thank you so much for asking that question and thank you Ed for answering his question our last question is from the grumpy sound guy
0: um Ed I learned that you grew up in the Jersey Shore is this right um I was wondering if you could share with our listeners
1: one cool music related memory did you have from the time there
0: sure um well the part of the jersey Shore i grew up on if anybody likes bruce springsteen or bon jovi um they still to this day live in a town called rumson new jersey which is around that area Um, but obviously asbury park is where bruce got his start um yeah so i went to high school just a couple of towns south of that um so I, i mean there's a million. A million stories, but just whether it's, you know, catching uh, Springsteen at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park, you know, uh, whether it's, um, you know, seeing Bon Jovi just at the Starbucks because they're just regular people hanging out. Um, And then also more of a high school story is they used to have this uh, thing called the WNEW Days. There's a radio station down in Asbury Park. And, uh, everybody and myself included would all skip school uh you know on that Friday leading into the to the weekend concert, and we'd all just you know <laughs> make our way uh in droves tens of thousands of people to the beach in Isbury Park and just watch bands all day and you know swim out to people's boats that they had you know anchored offshore and you know do all the things high school kids shouldn't do, but we had a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Reminiscing, reminiscing. Yeah, so the advice and, for young professionals is play hooky on school and go watch live music.
0: Only if it's a only if it's a good festival. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Here in Austin, there was plenty of uh, kids that that bailed out uh, of school Friday to go see the first day of
1: ACL Live. Oh, I bet. I bet. That's awesome, Grumpy. Do you have any final words? I think that was great. That was awesome. Perfect. Cool. Mr. Ed, do you have any final words for us? No,
0: I think, uh, I love what you guys are doing. It's just everybody keep passionate and live life live. Um, you know, for any artist or entrepreneur, just have a little patience and faith and, uh, go, go check out if the poem, if by your Rudyard Kipling, cause, uh, oh, if yes. you ever, if you've ever had a bump in your life, um, the poem, poem, put your head in the right place to solve it.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely recommend doing that too. I read it. I read it once. I encountered that you enjoyed it. Uh, definitely recommend doing that. Where can our listeners find you or more information on Festival Pass?
0: Sure. So FestivalPass.com is the website to go sign up for free. Um, Instagram, love you to join. Uh, join us in Instagram. Uh, Facebook. We need a little a little work on TikTok, but we'll get there. Um, and uh, to me personally through LinkedIn. That's the best place to find me.
1: Perfect. Okay, awesome. Smartest, I'm going to include all of those links in our show notes. So don't fret. You don't have to write them down right now. That being said, though, thank you so much, Ed, for being here. We very much do appreciate your time. Smartest, if you want to connect with me or other like-minded individuals, check us out on our Facebook group, goproduce.ca forward slash groups. That's also in the show notes. We will engage. We will chat. We will learn in that group. My name is Big Lou. We out.